This is Radio Influence. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim's producer and sidekick here on America's Most Positive Podcast. So, Jim, while we get into this thing, what's on your mind? Chaos. 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 (laughs) Seth, chaos is on my mind because, uh, you know, we are a world that is always connected. And we want to be connected. Some of us need to be connected. And that's social media, uh, that's just television, cable, um, Facebook. You know, we just need to be connected. And, and there's some basic stats that the average person, Seth, has 60%, 60% of their waking thoughts in natural chaos. Natural chaos. So chaos thinking would be... Oh, wait a minute. I, I got to tell you another story, Seth, that uh, I was thinking about. See, right there's chaos thinking. So we're bombarded by uh, all kinds of thoughts that, that went in. You thought I was actually going to go <laughs> off road. I you did. I did. I was like, we didn't talk about we this. We didn't talk about <laughs> this. But, you know, just think about before you got on, on uh, the show today to listen, uh, what were your thoughts? 60% of our waking hours are in chaos. So... That means that these thoughts and the average thought is dropping up in terms of length. It used to be uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and we did some research on that. You know, you could hold a thought for 15, 17 seconds on average. That's dropping down to holding a thought 10 seconds. And for a lot of people, you know, your single digit duration of holding a thought. So you have that thought, and then, boom, you're off to something else. And you're very easily distracted because you're tethered, uh, you know, to the world. You're you're connected. And uh, sometimes we need to disconnect. But chaos thinking, it'll really really inhibit you achieving anything great. Because if you have something that's really huge, a, a huge project, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. We did a show on that. And you need to focus on some some things that they just have to get done. And, and if you're struggling with chaos thinking too much, you're going to have a challenge focusing on what needs to be done. And, and that's why a lot of people, even though they have the talent, don't get big things done. I mean, huge projects, life-changing projects like 
writing that novel that you want to write. I've got a novel in me. If I've heard that once, I've heard it hundreds of times. I, I, I need a book. I need to write a book. I want to write a book. So, so many people want to write a book. Well, that's an elephant that you need to eat one day at a time. Uh, maybe only writing an hour at a time or two hours at a time, but with chaos thinking, you never find the time. You, know, you just keep kicking the can down the road. You know, 10 years later, yeah, I've got a novel I'd like to write, or I, I need to write that nonfiction, whatever it is. So chaos thinking, it, it's prevalent, but I'll tell you where it's not prevalent. It's not prevalent in the champion's mind. Uh, a person, a woman, a young girl, a young man, uh, this is not sports. It could be business. It could be whatever in, in your life. Um, Managing chaos in a connected world, I think it's a feat, but it's doable. And then there's chaos management, and, and that's been on my mind a lot. Uh, if you look around your life right now, what parts of your life, we call those life arenas, that could be your personal finance, it could be a relationship, uh, it definitely could be your career, uh, your job. Do you have chaos thinking? And does the leader, the coach uh, that's leading that particular arena of your life, are they managing in chaos? Now, I coached a huge company here in Chicago, Fortune 500, closer to the top than the bottom. They had two major divisions in the company, and these divisions were almost like brothers and sisters. Uh, they were part of the umbrella, you know, company, but they also had a little competition between them. Uh, they had a few clients that were the similar, but they were still competing for dollars. And the CEO of this company, now I know this because I'm coaching the chairman of the company and I'm coaching a marketing director. I'm coaching the CFO of the company. I was not coaching the CEO. So I'm coaching these other people individually. But the goals kept changing, and there was infighting. And the CEO would pit two people against each other. He liked that friction. And he said, this makes us better. I like when they fight. I like when the Division One fights with Division Two. It makes us better. But in reality, this company was going down the tube. I mean, seriously, stock values were plummeting, and it was a cause of chaos management. Now, you probably know, you can see in the news, companies, it could be a city, it could be a state, that are managing chaos management. And that's usually from a leader that's a strong ego. Uh, that ego needs to be fed on a daily basis. Uh, the person leading needs to be in control and needs to have power over other people. Now, it could be you. could be you and your family. Yeah, so you got to look in the mirror here. Wow, that, that's kind of how I'm running my family. All roads run through me. So chaos management is everybody's running around not knowing what to do, so all the individuals that are in this chaos has to go to the leader. What do I do? And, of course, that's ego gratifying. 
and there's my power. I've, I'm controlling the entity. Well, I saw this huge company doing this. I'm, I'm warning the chairman. I, I'm pretty blunt when I'm coaching. I'm just going to call it as I see it. Doesn't mean I'm right, but here's my observation from my perspective, from my viewpoint. And uh, it, it wasn't long after that that the CEO was ousted, and he had a huge majority of stock. So he was really in control, and to keep that control, keep everybody in chaos. You need me. You got to have me. And um, eventually, he was extracted from the company. Uh, not pleasant, I might add. Uh, basically, fired by the board, and and that company now has re- recovered. But that's on a major scale. But we see this in small businesses. You know, you've got a small business, you love what you do, uh, you, you do what you love, uh, and you know every facet of the business because you're into it and you're an expert in that niche that you have. So then you hire a couple employees, but, well, you just don't want to give up any control because, you know, I've taken all the risk, you know. I'm the one that's risked time, effort, and I'm paying other people for the J-O-B uh, to help me reach my dream. and. And then all of a sudden, it's a restaurant maybe, and now I'm going to add another restaurant. And then I'm real successful. I'm going to add a third and a fourth. If you don't shift from chaos management, uh, you're going to be seriously in jeopardy to lose it all. So sometimes too much chaos will cause you not to grow. It'll definitely thwart imagination in your family, uh, in a relationship. So what's the answer to eliminating this kind of chaos management? Well, you need a blueprint. You need to know where's point B, and everybody on the team needs to buy into point B. Uh, This is the B to A principle that I've been using for 40 years with with teams and companies and individuals. You got to see the end game, see what you want uh, as opposed to what you don't want, and then let everybody in. So if you're managing a small business right now, or if you're managing a team right now, empower the team. Empower them. How do you do that? Well, you need to divide and conquer. You have individual meetings, especially with the key players on a leadership team, and everybody needs to have responsibility. In writing is preferable. Uh, Accountability, well, that's where a chaos manager fails, doesn't always hold people accountable. But when he does or when she does, you know, they lower the boom on everybody. That's not fair. They let some things slide. And anyway, there's chaos management for you. But you need to empower people uh, that are on your team by having authority of what to do or what not to do and responsibility and accountability. Those are the three uh, prongs, if you will, uh, of bolstering uh, the empowerment of an individual. And eventually, you're going to have more creativity. So what's on my mind? It's been a lot of chaos because I think we're in a world now of more chaos than ever before. And why is that, Jim? Because we're always connected, Seth. <laughs> I got to look. Hold on a minute. Let me look at my uh, cell phone. Oh, my gosh. You got to be kidding me. And there I go. I'm I get a text, I get an alert, and now I'm, what are we talking about? Oh, chaos management. Yeah, so there we go. 
odds are you're going to deal with this maybe every year of your life. No matter how positive you are, this this is going to creep in. And so you got to be ready to be immunized against the chaos and to be able to sort it out. Well, right? let, let's do a little test. Okay, everybody, uh, gather up here on, on, on the air. Do you find yourself daydreaming, especially when you need to be working? Raise your hand. Anybody? Seth, raise I'll, his hand. I'll throw a, a stat out there. The average white-collar worker only gets about five hours of actual work done a day uh, because, you know, running to people in the hallway, phone rings, okay, go up for co- get up for coffee. So right there, how do you want to win in your career? If you get three hours back that other people don't have, you're going to shine bright. You really are. And uh, eliminating chaos thinking. Now, I want to go back to that stat. You know, the average person, based on our research, 2,000 thoughts a day, between 2,000 and 3,000 thoughts a day. So that thoughtometer starts to click as soon as you open your eyes in the morning. And it's running all day. Every time you have a thought about something, uh, well, that's an extra thought in the uh, thoughtometer. And when you close your eyes at night, drift off into a REM state, the average person has two or 3,000 thoughts. Now, the irony of this is the best in the world at whatever they do. And, of course, there's someone even more rare than the best in the world at one thing. That's the best in the world at most things, every facet of your life. These are people that are actually reducing their thoughts by 30 40%. They just eliminated, you know, a lot of things that don't matter, a lot of clutter. Uh, and, and now my mind's not uh, careening like a pinball in a pinball machine, ricocheting off of whatever I see, whatever I hear, or whatever I feel for the moment. So it's easy to be distracted. But, but I will tell you, Seth, if you have abnormal dreams, and I think everybody listening to the show has an abnormal dream. You know, what's on your mind right now listening? Do you have an abnormal dream? Uh, Yeah, billionaire, millionaire, uh, win a batting title, uh, market share, start my own company. Uh, I want to move to San Diego. I hear the weather's great there. How do I make that move from the Midwest to San Diego? Uh, Buy a new house. We all have dreams and visions. and. If you do, especially if you have an abnormal dream, being number one in the world, that's abnormal. Hall of Fame, when I asked Frank Thomas, what do you want? Hall of Fame. That's not normal. You know, I don't know how many baseball players I've talked to in my life, professionals. It's an inordinate amount of human beings that play professional baseball. But an abnormal dream set, it requires abnormal thinking. You can't think like everybody else. What does that mean? You can't have 60% of your thoughts in chaos, or you're going to be average, and you'll probably produce average things, even though you may have above-average talent. You know, the, the example that's popping into my head right now as the NBA playoffs get going is that there are teams that are, and you can figure out who these are. There's a, there are teams that are making the playoffs that are not going to the quarterfinals or finals that are good, and I, I, we've just seen a lot of sniping in the NBA this year where it's, you know, players, coaches kind of making veiled comments about other players and other coaches, and 
those teams aren't going to make it to the finals because you just can't do that with that kind of chaos and that lack of unity. Well, you take the Cleveland Cavaliers, for example, that, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time, definitely the greatest player in our generation right now, LeBron James, uh, a winner, bona fide. He'll need an extra hand for the rings he may uh, win in the future added to that. But they got smoked in that first round uh, against Indianapolis. How is that possible? First time uh, a Cleveland, uh, first time a LeBron James team lost the first game in, in the playoffs. I, I think ten times that never happened. The tenth time uh, or nine times it didn't happen. The tenth time he loses, and they got crushed. They only scored eighty points collectively. The whole team. And why is that? Well. There's a lot of talk about LeBron may not be on the team next year. He's going to be a free agent. Where's he going to go? I, I, I may not be there next year. So there's a lot of uncertainty, which causes a lot of chaos thinking. And now you're trying to have a cohesive unit. And when you think of a team, think of one brain, not five that are out there on the floor or nine that are on the field in in uh, baseball, it, it's the team has one mindset and there's one vision and everybody has responsibility, accountability, and authority of what to do or not to do. Everyone knows their role. And like Coach Belichick, love him or hate him, at New, New, New England Patriots, do your job. And that's for all of us. We need to think less and produce more. You know, chaos thinking is, it's disorder. It's confusion. It's disorganization. And most people that have serious chaos thinking, and, and, and it's prevalent right now, you need a blueprint. You need a map, and that's going to help your focus. So do you find yourself daydreaming, especially when you need to, maybe to be working? Secondly, is it hard to tune out distractions? You, you need to wake up and be aware. We're all awake. We're not all aware. Be aware of your thoughts. Is it hard for me to tune out distractions? And then the other one, ask yourself, do I lose track of time? And, and do I lose track of what I'm working on? Seth, what's, wait a minute, what's this show about? Oh, it's about chaos. Do, do I lose that and need somebody to help me come back and, and, and do, sometimes even start all, all over? Uh, early on in my career, I've given 2,500 public paid speeches in, in my career, and, and that's a lot. So I, I'm definitely a veteran. But early in my career, um, I do, didn't always initially have it figured out what message I wanted the audience to absolutely walk out of that arena or that, uh, that uh, meeting uh, with, and what did I want them to think? And, and I would be in the middle of a talk, and then I, I'd come up with a great story, and it fit, but I'd go off-road of where I wanted the audience to go. And I remember one time, now I, I had an assistant that was in the audience. One time, I went off-road on this story, and then it took me to another story. And now I'm way, I'm in the wilderness. <laughs> I am in the wilderness. I got five, 600 people in the audience. 
And I remember it's only happened one time, and this was like almost 40 years ago. I just went silent. I had no clue what I was talking about. I didn't remember exactly what the point was of the story, which begat a story, which took me so far away of what I wanted this audience to think. And, and it seemed like a half an hour went by of dead silence. Uh, my assistant said uh, it wasn't that long, but it was terrifying. And she raised her hand, and without him being called on, she asked me a question about the initial point before the story, and, and, and that just snapped me back in. So uh, anyway, Donna, if you're out there, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for bailing me out because I went right into chaos thinking. So uh, I, I've got a couple of uh, things you need to do. First of all, listen to those questions. Assess, are you a chaos thinker? Okay, now what do you do? Focus on one thing at a time. Sounds pretty easy, pretty common sense. How do you do that? Uh, tonight... Uh, take a sheet of paper and write no more than three things that you want to accomplish tomorrow. I, again, I'm not talking haircut. I'm not talking, I got to go to the cleaners. What do you want to accomplish? And maybe it's only one thing, but no more than three. And then visualize it. Now, hopefully, those three things fit into what you would like to accomplish for the week. That fits into what you would like to accomplish for the month, the quarter. And hopefully that will fit into your vision uh, of what you want to accomplish for the entire year. So focus on one thing at a time. Now, after you write this sheet and you do a quick visualization, Seth, this takes 90 seconds. This is not uh, a lot of time in your life. And then turn that sheet of paper over and you're done. And, and if you did that at work and it's for work, and then unplug, go home and Change gears and be with your family. The next day, turn that sheet over and attack. And if you can timeline those three things, I'm going to work on this at nine. I'm going to work at this on one. And I'm not trying to get everybody to get anal, but just a little mental organization goes a long way. And then if after three days, now at the end of the next day, tear the sheet up and start a new one. Just tear it up because this will help you assess whether it's important or not. So the night, the night before tonight, three things you'd like to work on. Could be two, could only be one. Next day, get up, attack the list. At the end of tomorrow, throw that sheet away, start a new one, and then do this. If the same thing is on that list three days in a row, do one of the three Ds. The three Ds. Delete it because you ain't going to do it. <laughs> You're not going to do it. You just, you're BSing yourself, all right? You're not going to do it. Just delete it. If it's there three days in a row, that's one D. What's the next D? Delegate it. Give it to somebody else. Guy, Seth, you got it. Can you call the guy? I'm. We got to get this off your plate and keep moving. Yeah. yeah. Give it to someone else. And then the third one, do it. Get it done and commit to it. How do you eat an elephant? Uh, one bite at a time, and we need to eliminate chaos. The other thing is take a break, and right now, let's take a mental break. Unless you're driving, everybody shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, let your tongue kind of float, 
Turn your brain off. Dead air time. Turn your brain off. See nothing but a blank screen in your mind. This is the classic reboot, which is part of the score success system. With your eyes shut, jaw is unhinged, no thought, no future, no past. Now, everybody, raise your chin up slightly above parallel. Open your eyes and then lock back in on my voice and what we're talking about so you can focus. But you can reboot many times during the day uh, to help you eliminate or at least reduce chaos thinking. And that means you also need to take a break. I'd work 90 minutes, take a break. When I do a full-day seminar, we 90 minutes, 10-minute break for everybody. 90 minutes, lunch. 90 minutes, 10-minute break for everybody. And then we close and take a break. Hydrate. We've talked about that before. Uh, if the urine is yellow, you're a loser fellow. Urine clear, never fear. So hydrate. If you lose 1% of body water, you'll lose your focus. 10%. That's quite a bit. You need to hydrate. Sometimes we need to change our behavior. So I'm in chaos thinking. I'm not getting what I need to get done. Change your behavior. What does that mean? Uh, pick up the pace. Uh, sit up in your chair. Move to another room. Change my behavior. Be a little more aggressive. Slow things down. Chill out. Change your behavior. And um, what else? One more thing. There's no place I'd rather be than where I am right now. You learn more from first five years of your life than you will the rest of your life cumulative. You had super learning in those first 60 months. That's because you spent an inordinate amount of time in the moment, completely engrossed in the moment, and you were aware of your surroundings. We're all awake. We're not all aware. But as a kid, you were. And then at age six, that gets turned upside down because from six all the way through adulthood, 80% of a person's thoughts are either about the future or the past, and only 20% fully engrossed in the moment. Pretty amazing. So chaos thinking, eliminate thinking. Be mindless, but be mindful and be aware. I got to tell you a true story, Seth. This is called the Joshua Bell story. Uh, this was actually in the Washington Post. This happened in 2007. Uh, it's a true story, and, and it's something I think we need to think about. In Washington, D.C., in the metro station, on a cold January morning, 2007, there was a man with a violin playing six Bach pieces for a little over 45 minutes. Now, during that time, approximately 2,000 people went through the station, most on their way to work, most in chaos thinking of what they need to do, what they haven't done, what they're going to do. After three minutes, a middle-aged man noticed there was a musician 
playing. It took three minutes of this person playing. So this guy slowed his pace, stopped for a few seconds, and then he left. He went off to uh, uh, meet his schedule. Four minutes later, the violinist received his first dollar donation. A woman threw the money in a hat, but she didn't even stop. She did it as she's moving. She continued to walk. Six minutes now have gone by. A young man leaned against the wall to listen uh, to this musician, and uh, then he looked at his watch. And he walked away again. Ten minutes have gone by. A three-year-old boy stopped, but his mom tugged him along hurriedly. Let's go. Kid stopped to look at the violinist again, but the mother pushed hard, and the kid continued to walk, turning his head all the time back, fully aware of the music. Now, this action was repeated by lots of children that morning, but every parent, without exception, without exception, Forced the kid to move on quickly. 45 minutes went by. The musician played continuously for that 45 minutes. Only six people have stopped and listened for a short while. About 20 gave money, but continued to walk at their normal pace, throwing money in a hat while they're walking. Now, the man collected a total $32. One hour. He finished playing. And silence took over. No no one noticed. No one applauded this guy, nor was there any recognition. Now, nobody knew this. The violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the greatest musicians in the world. And he played one of the most intricate pieces ever written, Bach, on a violin, a Stradivarius. The violin was worth $3.5 million. And two days before, Joshua Bell sold out a theater in Boston and the average ticket price, sold it out, the average ticket price to say Joshua Bell, $100. It's a true story. Joshua Bell played incognito in a metro station in D.C., organized by the Washington Post as a social experiment about perception, taste, people's priorities. And I'm throwing my two cents also to see who's in chaos thinking. We're all awake. We're not all aware. Now, here's the question raised. In a commonplace environment, at an inappropriate hour of the day, do we perceive beauty? Do we appreciate it? Do we recognize talent in an unexpected context? And, you know, there's just one conclusion. If we don't have a moment to stop to listen to one of the best musicians in the world playing some of the finest music ever written with one of the most beautiful instruments ever made, how many other things are we missing because of chaos? You know, Jim, I wonder how many people woke up the next morning, picked up the paper, Looked at it and goes, that was me. But I was thinking about the dry cleaning. I was worried about my boss. And I walked by something that's never going to happen again. Yeah. And and, and also, I'm cautioning, I'm repeating, check your management style. If you manage a team, are you leading by chaos management? Uh, Do you need to check your ego at the door when you go in? 
Do you need to be needed? Do you need to have control? Do you need to have power over other people? You know, we create chaos subconsciously. Uh, we pit people against other people. Uh, we have goals that are vague. Uh, we're always moving the goalposts, you know, the goal. Uh, we're changing it. Uh, we don't empower other people. We need to be the solver, the almighty. Nothing happens in this company without me. I'm the only one that can make that happen, and we need to be the center of attention. Uh, if you are that person, that's great. Now you're aware. We're all awake. We're not all aware. Get out your blueprint. Understand the key people in your life, key people in your family, and then empower them. I, I've said this before, but the three things that are drivers, this was uh, a 1,000 executives surveyed in the Fortune 500. One, first thing that drove them, it, it wasn't money. No, it was, I'm an integral part of something greater than myself. And, and so if you operate a team, small or big, uh, we need to rally everyone around a common purpose, a, a common vision. Every single day, bring that vision up. This is why we do what we do. And, and that'll help uh, protect your team from chaos thinking. We're all pulling in the same direction. Number two, I want to be appreciated. That's above money. Money was number three. So number two, appreciated for the work at hand. But if you're a boss and you've got chaos management, just like not paying attention to a Joshua Bell playing the greatest music on, on the most expensive instrument, maybe you're not aware of the body language, the emotion, or even picking up an intuitive vibe of people on your team. Uh, you're too busy uh, chaos management. Anyway, Seth, uh, that's what I've been thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw one more question at you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want to go back to this first story about the company, you were coaching the leaders, and the CEO was um, very difficult, right? Pitting everybody against each other. I've seen that. I wasn't in upper leadership, but I, I saw the leaders of a company I was with band together and basically have to go to the board and say, CEO's just, just you know, he, he fires three VPs about every year and a half. And that's the way he keeps things in chaos. If you find yourself in that situation, how did you help uh, those leaders win that, that had been pitted against each other? Well, I, I, I circled back uh, to the vision of the company, which they had stated, but it wasn't brought up on a daily basis. I also had them reassess their own goals and to control what they could control. You can only control what you can control. I, I just, I've had this a lot, but just recently with a minor league baseball player, uh, he's not relegated anywhere out of spring training. He's like an extended um, spring training, which can cause the young player to go, oh my gosh, you know, am I going to get released? And here comes chaos thinking, shoulda, coulda, woulda, and what are they doing? And, and I kept saying, Focus, focus on where you're going. Focus on the next step, but always know where you want to go. You can change that, definitely. Uh, if, if you choose to do that, you have free will. And he did. 
within 48 hours, they called him in and said, we're bypassing single A. We're putting you up to double A. And uh, he was kind of blown away about it. And it was like, wow, this visualization works. And, you know, he got some good feedback. Then uh, he started thinking, well, I got brought up because one of the players there, my position uh, was on the uh, disabled list and he's going to come back. And, and then when he comes back, I'll probably be placed somewhere else in a lower list. And I'm like, whoa, whoa why, why are you doing that? That's chaos thinking. And that's using your imagination to think about what you don't want as opposed to what you do want. So this happens to all of us. We do have free will, but we also can overthink the situation. In fact, most people that I coach, uh, my biggest quest is to help them think less, not more. Reduce your thoughts. And the best in the world, because they have a blueprint, because they've dressed, rehearsed, never have a day you haven't already had, um, you can think less and be in the moment. And now you're going to hear Joshua Bell playing in that uh, metro uh, terminal. And um, there, there's a lot of things that are happening uh, in a positive way around the world right now. And uh, we don't always see it. It's amazing how we hear the, hear the negatives. But uh, there's a feel-good story happened here in uh, Illinois. It's a positive story. Uh, there's a 19-year-old college baseball player, and uh, he was pretty heartbroken because his grandmother, who he loved and did all kinds of things, his grandmother went shopping uh, for his homecoming. Uh, they went to the movies together. They played pranks on each other. And anytime he had a baseball game, she was always, always there. Uh, but he was heartbroken because this one time his grandmother had the inability to watch his game. So he was not going to allow her to miss it. You know what he did, Seth? He, he brought the team to his grandmother. Now, due to, she had chemotherapy, radiation treatments, um, and she was enduring this fight with uh, stage four lung cancer. She couldn't leave the house. So the son got all of the players on his team, they got his aunt to put his grandmother in a wheelchair, open up the drapes in the window, put grandma in the window, and in the backyard, played a baseball game. Wow. Kind of chokes me up. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So they played a game, and uh, the grandmother cheered from the window. And that was it. What a feel-good story. Now, two weeks later, she died. Isn't that amazing, though? A young kid, 19, loved his grandmother so much that he brought the team to his grandmother. Now, in New Mexico, recently, an 85-year-old man, uh, a 75-year-old man, they have been, with no fanfare, uh, they want nothing. They've been driving veterans around the city to the VA hospital free. And, and they've been doing this for 15 years. And this just came out. And this is another uh, feel-good story. 15,000 hours 
they shuttled disabled veterans to the hospital for medical treatment. Now, you think about it, 15,000 hours. How many people are watching TV, commuting to work, doing other things that really aren't meaningful? We all waste a lot of time. Chaos thinking is a waste of time. And so over the course of, of uh, you know, almost 16 years, Bernardo, uh, Jeremia, and Mel Ortego, uh, they ensured that any veteran who lived in their small rural community of New Mexico uh, could be transported to the Raymond G. Murphy VA Medical Center in Albuquerque for major treatments. Uh, their services are offered through the Disabled American Veterans, a nonprofit helps disabled ex-military and family apply for benefits. Ortega, 85 years old, drove has driven 200,000 miles. Volunteer, pays wow. his own gas. Jeremila is driven 100,000 miles, and they're right now looking for a third volunteer. So uh, if you'd like to volunteer, uh, you can do that and, and drive veterans, or you could start your own um, driving veterans in Albuquerque. And all you need to do, contact the Disabled American Veterans. Uh, it's, again, a nonprofit, and I salute all veterans uh, everywhere. Uh, God bless America, but what a cool story is that. Never makes the news, never on the nightly news, and uh, there's just so much negative stuff going on, so much chaos thinking. Uh, We're all awake. We're not aware, but now we're aware of two people that have taken time out to do something good for someone, one uh, a a grandmother and one just, just veterans that need their help. You know, and to tie this back to chaos thinking, without clarity, Without focus, without taming your brain from acting like a goldfish, these kind of stories never happen because that takes some creativity, thought, and planning to make the world a better place. It's, you're not just going to stumble into it. You've got to have a clear mind. You do. You definitely do. Um, eliminate distractions. Focus on one thing at a time. Um, have that mantra, there's no place I'd rather be than where I am right now, be in the moment, e- even if it's in a challenging place. Um, Get fired up to find the solutions. Take some mental breaks. Reboot. Hydrate. Change your behavior. And uh, don't forget to dress rehearse. Never have a day you haven't already had. And of course, if you're in a particularly intense season like that, you got to have some enjoyment too. And so the weather's finally warming up which means that you may be enjoying yourself out on the golf course. And there's no way to enjoy golf better being better at it. <laughs> well, there's uh, that's a that's a great <laughs> statement. Uh, I, we need to put that on a plaque set. That's pretty <laughs> uh, profound. Yeah, if you're uh, playing really well, and definitely if you're playing in the zone, and so all you golfers right now, uh, give me your attention. Uh, do you remember the last time you made two putts in a row? Maybe it was last fall, you know? Or if you're living uh, in the south and... Uh, you got some good weather. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was this morning. How about three putts in a row? How about the time when you hit a driver pure and it was a laser down the fairway? Longest drive you've ever hit and the most accurate simultaneously. Do you remember that? Do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember the sound of the ball being struck solid? How about that amazing round, especially when you finished birdie Eagle, birdie, birdie. Well, that would be uh, maybe a pro round, but 
Do you remember that great round? If you do, you're recounting zone moments on the golf course. And I am proud to announce I, I don't do very many public uh, golf in the zone schools, Seth, but I've done over 100. I always have one of the top golf instructors in the world doing it. And I am proud to announce right now, open to the public, May 15th, 2018. That's a Tuesday, a full day golf in the zone seminar. I'm bringing in my good friend, Brian Mogg. We're going to have to have Brian on our show. Brian is one of the best golf instructors in the world. I've done 50. It's hard to believe I, that I've done this many. 50 golf in the zone schools uh, with Brian. We're going to be at Cog Hill, one of the top 100 courses in the world. We're going to be at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club, Lamont, Illinois, May 15th, 2018. That's a Tuesday. We're only going to have 20 students, minimum of 10. People have already signed up. And uh, go to jimfannon.com and uh, you can uh, register. Uh, you could, if you need more information, and you can do askjim at jimfannon.com. Send me an email. Tell me you're interested in that school. We'll get you all the information. But it's right there on the internet. You can sign up on the internet. First come, first serve. And I promise whoever enters, you're going to learn how to play golf in the zone. So it's going to be a day of hitting a lot of golf balls. But this is on how to uh, really craft the mental routines, physical routines as well, before a shot, before the round, what to think the night before, how to attract the zone. Uh, so if you've been getting off to a bad start in golf, we're going to eliminate that. You're going to get off to a solid start. And if you're not closing rounds that you would like, we're going to show you how to close like a champion. Uh, one of our schools at Doral, uh, Brian was not with me on this school. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. One guy dropped eight shots with his same old swing after one day. Everybody improves. So there's a lot of activity. It is a total golf in the zone. So it's going to be classroom, driving range, uh, putting green, chipping. And again, I've got one of the great greatest instructors, golf 100 uh, top instructors in the world, Brian Mogg. And you can go to Brian, Google Brian Mogg. You can find out about how awesome he is. So I'm so excited to do this again with Brian Mogg. Check it out. Golf in the zone school. And of course, when you get into the zone playing golf, you are attracting the same measured phenomenon that the the top performers in the world in in various arenas are putting on, like Michael Jordan said, like an overcoat. We always take a look at these every week. Yeah, in the zone, uh, it's the only place to be. You know, I helped 10 golfers win their first professional tournament. That's a daunting task. Those were zone moments. So uh, let's see who's in the zone this week. I, we're going to have to definitely say the Golden State Warriors are in the zone. A lot of people were questioning them. Uh, they're up 2 nothing uh, on the San Antonio Spurs. First round, Steph Curry not in the lineup uh, with an injury. Uh, he may come back uh, later in this series, or he may miss the entire series. But they're playing great basketball, uh, leading the, uh, the NBA in assists. Uh, when you watch uh, Golden State Warriors team, obviously you watch Kevin Durant. Obviously you're watching Clay Thompson in the zone. 
He's averaging 29 points. Doesn't say a lot. Very quiet. Just gets the job done. He's not in chaos thinking. He's locked in like a like a cheetah that hadn't eaten in two weeks. Uh, but they're doing this without, uh, you know, uh, former MVP, Steph Curry, star player, and uh, they're in the zone. And we've got to go ahead and flip over to the East Coast as well and give a shout-out to Dwayne Wade. Because, first of all, the guy's defying the critics. He's 36 years old, and probably three or four seasons ago, a lot of the you know the talking heads in the NBA started to go, oh, uh, Dwayne Wade, you know, his knees are going to go out. He doesn't have a lot of time left. He's the 10th best postseason scorer ever. He just passed a guy named Larry Bird that you might have heard of, right? Uh, game two in the in round one, 28 points in 26 minutes. Coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. That's impressive. We also need to give a shout-out to LeBron James, who uh, has passed Michael Jordan as the leader in uh, postseason scoring. So that's pretty impressive. That That's total focus. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Bartolo Colon. Uh, he almost pitched a perfect game. Uh, he's 41 years old. Uh, I think he's 44 years old, excuse me. Very impressive. Uh, he's well known for his girth, uh, a, a little round, a, a little chubby, you might say. So he doesn't look like your typical, uh, uh, you know, chiseled athlete. But talk about being in the zone and uh, defeating the Houston Astros. And again, he was one inning away from a perfect game. Uh, I know I know Bartolo. He, he's so likable, very affable, and he's still doing his thing like Dwayne Wade in the zone. We're going to go ahead and shift over to the Boston Marathon here. Of course, one of the most iconic cultural events in the United how many States. Pe- how many people listening say, you know what? I'm doing that. I'm going to run the boss. Is that on? Is that on your bucket list? Are you a marathon guy? You know, I've done some half marathons. I have not thought about doing the Boston Marathon, but there for the average everyday runner, there is no greater prize. Than uh, to run Twenty-six that. and a half miles. Uh, I've coached a lot of, of uh, long distance runners, collegians, and uh, that's mental, not just physical. It's definitely physical, and I think the conditions, Seth, at the Boston Marathon. Uh, last week were not awesome. 38 degrees, 18 mile an hour winds. That was the coldest start for the Boston Marathon in 30 years. A lot of the runners had on jackets and even with the jackets, they went ahead and like were taking garbage bags from fans and putting them over the jackets because they were that soaked and that cold that it just went right through their rain jackets after, you know, an hour out there. Uh, that's physical, but boy, that, uh, that'll that drain you mentally uh, even as much as physical. So Desiree Linden, first American uh, woman to win in 33 years, two hours, 39 minutes, 54 miserable seconds out there on the course. She's and, in the zone. She is. She's in the zone. And we've actually got to also sw- swap over to – Somebody who's in the zone running it at seven hours and 50 minutes. And you're like, well, how is, how is that his own performance? Because Catherine Beers is 85 years old. She didn't even start running marathons till she was 49. And I'm like and- a pup compared to her. <laughs> I'm like a kid. I feel awesome. How, wait a minute. How old is this woman? She's 85. Hello. And she says <laughs> the secret to continuing to run uh, into her 80s is a beer after every race. Hello. <laughs> Little Boston lager. I, I like that. We I, raise one to you, Catherine. I, we raise one to you. I'm doing it. 
That's amazing. You know, uh, you'll be old someday. Everybody listening. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the elderly. I don't want to go on an elderly rant now that I'm an elderly uh, person. Uh, you're so old, the candles on your birthday cake raise the earth's temperature by three degrees. So there's a lot of old jokes. You're yeah. so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were in black and white. That's <laughs> not, that's, you're so old that you sat next to Ben Franklin in the third grade. Uh, I, I remember recently I was doing a talk to a third gra- grade class and they were asking me all kinds of questions. They were saying, do, do you know the Atlanta Braves? I, and I go, I do. No, do you know all the Atlanta Braves? And I go, well, no, I, I don't know all of them. Uh, and so they, do you know Hulk Hogan? I'm like, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> and I said, no. And so they started asking me all kinds of questions. So anyway, it, it was over, the little Q&A, and, and I'm getting ready to leave the talk. I'm, I'm walking with the principal out of the school. And a little kid came up, and, and he tugged on, on my coat, and he turned around, and he looked me right now, and he goes, did you know Babe Ruth? I wanted, I wanted to go, you little, what? <laughs> you know, what? Babe Ruth? Uh, no, I did not know Babe Ruth. That was long before my time. You know, we make fun of the elderly, Seth. And, uh, you know, you hit 40, you get over-the-hill balloons and birthday cards. And why do we treat elderly uh, so poorly in America? You know, we, we snicker when a friend gets an a ARP card in the mail. Uh, um, and then there's a lot of people that cast uh, el- elderly aside, you know, as families. You know, you re- relegate them to a senior citizen home or a nursing home. And, and we definitely ignore their opinions and their wisdom. And I, I've come to mind that when an elderly person passes away and transitions, Man, a library has burnt to the ground. And I, it goes back to the story about Mickey Rooney, the iconic uh, actor uh, that testified uh, a few years back in front of a Senate special committee on aging uh, about uh, elder abuse. This guy was a Lifetime Achievement Oscar winner, um, a career that was decades and eventually, uh, they stole his family stole his money. Eventually, stripped of the ability to make even the most basic of decisions, and uh, he testified that his life be- became uh, totally unbearable. And uh, one in six U.S. citizens are considered elderly people, sixty-five or older. And uh, with the national life expectancy, seventy-eight years old, seniors of what, thir- thirteen years left on life what um i think that's a mindset and um chaotic thinking uh waking up and going wow i've got more past in my life than i do future well that happens to someone at 40 wait a minute i've got more past than i will have future uh well that that could get you to panic a little bit and and i think we do panic as a nation when we turn uh 40 but there's so many things we can do. And, and one tip I, I want everyone to, uh, if you've got a father, a grandmother, a, a grandfather, a mom uh, that's getting up there in age, go interview them on video or audio or 
transcribe the the survey and start asking them about their life, memorialize it. And I've had a lot of my clients, in fact, all my clients, I, I have them do this because we're all sons and, you know, we're, we're all daughters. And uh, uh, I think interviewing them, memorializing for generations to come, I, I think it's a pretty awesome thing, but do it sooner, obviously, than later. And, and just go out of your way to assist an elderly, even a stranger, uh, while traveling. I, I helped uh, an elderly couple make it from uh, a, a Terminal 3 to Terminal 1 at Chicago O'Hare. Which and, is a hike if, you don't, if you're not from Chicago. No, it's, it's, a, it's a hike, and it's very confusing. And they were making their way uh, back from a European trip, and I'm thinking, I don't know how they made it to Europe. They were totally uh, in chaos thinking, very stressed out. And I commandeered uh, a one of those little carts that has the siren, you know, the blinking thing, and and uh, I, I I rode them to uh, uh, I commandeered it, uh, Seth, <laughs> and uh, no one said a word, and got them to where they needed to go. And I gave her a business card. I said, you know, if, if my cell phone here it is, and uh, call me if something happens and you get stranded, and give me a call. Uh, it was about two weeks later. Uh, I, I get the, a handwritten envelope, uh, a, a letter. You, you don't get those very often today, uh, in the mail. And in the mail uh, was a $20 bill and a, a little note. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, go out of your way to help an elderly stranger. The other thing, treat them with honor and respect. Call them sir. Call them ma'am, Mrs. Johnson, Mr. Johnson. But also ask the elderly questions. I mean, they tap into their wisdom. And uh, if conditions are tough outside the weather, uh, check on an elderly neighbor and uh, volunteer to cut their grass, paint their garage, uh, do like uh, um, so many people have done to help people without not asking anything in return. And uh, make sure you invite your elderly relatives, friends, or neighbors to your social functions. Um, do that and, and treat them with respect and do not allow any family member to disrespect uh, the elderly and don't partake in elderly jokes. Uh, the, you're going to be old someday. The joke's going to be on you. The jokes I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, they're funny, but they're not funny to an elderly person. And, um, also find out the important dates of the elderly. Uh, uh, birthdays, anniversary, recognize it. And again, just like uh, the volunteer veterans, volunteer to help a uh, senior citizen. All right, I'm done on that. But right now, Seth, when this show's over, go call your mother. Do you hear what I'm saying? Go, Absolutely. Go call your grandmother. Call, call your grandpa. And uh, anyway, that's my elderly kick for the day. Still a little mailbag here. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. That's ask Jim at jimfannon.com. Of course, Jim is full up as far as the regular clients that he uh, that he coaches. There's a waiting list. But if you've got a question, we can knock that thing out. I think this is an interesting one. Hey, Jim, I saw Mark Zuckerberg being uh, grilled by Congress, and I'm a fairly new executive that doesn't know how I would handle it if I had to talk to the media about something negative for my company. You've coached so many in the Fortune 500. How do you advise handling a negative event if you have to get up and speak on behalf of your corporation? Tell the truth. Uh, the truth hurts uh, sometimes from the person telling the truth. 
uh, it can be painful. Uh, you need to really uh, sequester yourself with a leadership team to find out what is the truth. But more importantly, uh, for Zuckerberg, people don't just want to know what happened. What are you going to do about it? And what's the solution to the challenge? Uh, and I think that's the key. And that solution can't just be gen- generic solution. Uh, on this date, we're doing this. On this date, we're doing that. And actions speak definitely louder than words. I, I think you really need to be prepared. You need to think less, speak less, but you need to be on the money. Say what you mean and mean what you say. You are representing a lot of people besides yourself. You're representing the mission of your company, the values of your company, the principles, philosophies of your company. Uh, and of course, if you don't have those things, uh, well, I'm not sure I'd go out in public like that until you really got your act together. You know, I, I just think about the data breaches that have happened over the last three or four or five years. And it's it's one of the bigger, you know, security threats for, you know, your credit score, your finances that, you know, you shopped at Target. And then all of a sudden some hacker in Europe has your information. And I don't think I heard one of those companies come out and say, you know, we lost the information of millions of people to people who maybe want to do something bad with it. We're really sorry. And here's our specific steps to fix it. And America is a forgiving nation. America gives you another chance, but you've got to. Well, being being sorry is to me that 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 doesn't cut it. You can be sorry all you want. What's the blueprint? Where are you going? Of meeting this challenge that is now placed on the doorstep of tens of millions of people. What's the solution? What's the timeline? What's the blueprint? of writing this uh, wrong. And um, I think we need to do that in, uh, in everything. Going back to finances, I, there's a lot of chaos in people's personal finance. I've been talking to a lot of fan, financial advisors. I've had a lot of financial advisors as clients. And it's pretty disturbing that most of us do not have a financial, personal financial blueprint. A lot of people, most people don't have wills. Uh, We don't have a financial plan. You don't need to rent out and get a financial planner if you can afford to do that. I recommend that. Um, But there's some basics that that we could all do. And the first basic is, uh, can I say your budget? Well, that, you know, during the headlights, stymies most budget Budget, budget, what? Budget. I don't know what. (laughs) Most people don't have a budget. That means you don't have a plan. Uh, And now we get into chaos thinking. And what do we think about? We think about the bills because they have a plan. I want paid in 30 days. And you're now 60 days past due. How about a financial plan for a business? I see sales plans, but, you know, there's the income side. There's the expense side. And, and when things really start to get our chaos thinking, it's when obviously expenses outweigh the income. Uh, and uh, next thing we know, we're thinking very, very negative. These are things we can control, but you need to stay on top of it. And, and Seth, you brought up credit. Check your credit score. Um, in business, uh, you need to make sure that you pay your payroll taxes. I've had companies that didn't pay the payroll tax, didn't have the cash flow. That's a no-no. The government is not forgiving. Uh, The penalties are serious. 
the fines are serious, and they will come in and, and just pull money out of your bank account. And in terms of your bills, don't mess up with a bank. They're, they're going to ruin your credit. They are. Pay your mortgage on time. Uh, young people, pay your car note on time. Don't be late. There's a couple of things. Don't violate those ba- basics. That credit score is a big, big deal for you. It's going to, uh, a low credit score, you're going to pay more on in interest than, than someone with a higher credit score. You may not get a loan at all, uh, and you may be limited to how much you can actually borrow. You know, I'm kind of like my grandmother uh, who uh, she had all her money in cash, and when she, she transitioned to another life, I was like, do I need to pull the wallpaper off to find out, you know, is there stuff? <laughs> Wrapped up in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. Oil. Is there stuff in the backyard? And uh, she always said, cash is king, cash is king. And, and it is. But, you know, let's eliminate chaos in our personal financial uh, part of our lives and, and let, get control of that. And if you want to make money, think about money. It's pretty simple. If you want to make money, think about money. Have a budget, have a blueprint, stick to it. And if you've got a life partner, uh, be on the same page and try to save. We're saving less as a nation than at any time uh, since World War II. And that's a little concerning. And speaking of the elderly, a lot of people were going to outgrow our 401ks uh, and, and turn, excuse me, outlive our 401ks. Uh, so, you, you need to have uh, at least 90 days set aside as an emergency if something happened. And I'm not talking just about disability insurance. I think we need to have cash set aside uh, just in case something happens for 90 days. So let, let's get that part of our lives uh, simple and let's get on track and um, think about money if you want to make money and if you want to have money. And of course, we're putting this all together. We're going to check out our score levels here in just a second. But just one more reminder that uh, the Golf in the Zone School coming up May 15th, uh, I think that uh, you might need some enjoyment on your score level. And as we cruise into the the, uh, the Zone Cafe here, Jim, you're not going to get all the way into just total chaos thinking if you're checking your score levels every day. I think in a lot of ways, chaos thinking is also a sign that your S, C, O, R, and E, which we're going to define in a second, have all dipped really low. Well, it, there, there's one thing that's going to happen, and that's the change in your self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. You're going to have change. Why? Because we're tethered to uh, uh, the world, and our score level can fluctuate, Seth. It, it moves up and down attitudinally as a unit. So... You have a self-discipline level. You have a concentration level. We talked about concentration today. Uh, you have an optimism level, which governs confidence and your self-esteem. You have a relaxation level. Uh, we're a nation right now that uh, the relaxation level is under siege, if you will, uh, a lot of stress. And then uh, enjoyment. And uh, the score check is pretty simple. It's an awareness-focusing tool. We do it every week. But you can do this tool at any time about any arena. You can do a score check on your finances. Am I disciplined? No, I'm not saving any money. Uh, No, I don't have a budget. Uh, Am I focused? 
Uh, no, not until there's a crisis. Am I optimistic? Uh, yeah, I think I'll get a promotion and raise, but kind of optimistic, maybe a little more wishful thinking. Am I relaxed? No, I'm not relaxed. I'm, <laughs> I'm stressed. I got more bills and income. And am I joining it? No, this is not fun. I need new shoes. Mama needs new shoes. Daddy needs new shoes. So you can assess your score level in any aspect of your life. And the one thing, uh, especially a new listener, each of these markers trigger natural body chemistry. Cortisol, glycogen, adrenaline, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. And these five markers trigger these chemicals. And when all of these chemicals are at a high level, at the same time, here comes the zone, a purposeful calm. And it's not just a mental state where you feel everything's possible. Seth, it's physical. I mean, your eyes can even double, maybe even triple shutter speed. That slows things down. And goodness gracious, we need to slow life down today. Uh, but that'll help you look for avenues of uh, opportunity, uh, avenues of escape. You know, it's designed to get you out of danger financially or physical. And um, the zone is, uh, it's an amazing place. I, I've seen people in the zone 33 days in a row locked in. But this is something that every listener, uh, I really want everyone to become a zoniac. What's a zoniac? Well, that's someone that can use some very specific tools to attract this mindset and live in or around this peak performance state in all that you do. And to me, it's the ultimate way to live life and uh, to enjoy life. And maybe if we get into that zone state, maybe we'll stop and listen to Joshua Bell back at that uh, Metro Center and hear him play a $3.5 million Stradivarius uh, with the most difficult music ever written before by a master musician. Uh, we need to enjoy life, uh, not always be busy and chaotic running to and from work and whatever else we do. Simplicity is really the task at hand. Ready to go to the Zone Cafe? I'm ready. All right, you're in your car, and you can pull up to the Zone Cafe. Seth and I, were back here. We're cooking we're cooking whatever you need. There's only five things that are on the table you can order. Do you need right now, you pick the arena, do you need the willingness and commitment to stay with a task to reach well-defined goals that takes you to a vision? Do you need a blueprint of strategy and tactics? If you need that right now, you can place your order because we've got a bucket of it back here. We're going to push it through the takeout window, and you can take it with you. If that's the weak link in your overarching attitude, your overarching score level, uh, being aware of it is going to help you fix it. But maybe, maybe you do have a plan. But maybe you got too many balls in the air, and you're juggling way too many things, and you've taken on too much responsibility, and you find yourself not having enough time. And this show woke you up and you go, Oh my goodness, I got chaos thinking. You know, I'm thinking about things that don't even matter. So if you need concentration, uh, we got a slab of it here. Uh, that's going to help you narrow your focus, and it's going to help you focus your mental and physical energy on the tasks that lead to the goals that take you to a vision. 
We got a slab of concentration. If that's what you need, take it with you. But maybe, maybe you need some confidence. Maybe you need belief. Maybe you need more than belief, expectancy and a sense of knowing that the tasks or the routines that you've set up are, are going to help you achieve those goals. And that's going to take you to a vision. There's nothing better than feeling confident about yourself and also having a positive self-esteem. It all comes under the jurisdiction of optimism and self-esteem is what you think other people think about you. That's one of the things we're going to work on in my golf school coming up is your confidence as a golfer to meet challenges out on a golf course. But maybe you have challenges in other parts of your life and you need a big, big heaping bag of optimism. If that's what you need, uh, heighten that awareness uh, and think about what you think about. You can add that to your life right now. But you might be under some stress and you might be replaying a lot of negatives and you you might be worrying and you might feel yourself uh, breathing 20 breaths a minute, which creates a little panic sometimes and a little anxiety. So if you need some relaxation, we got a big, big gulp, a big gulp with a big straw of soothing, peaceful, calm. And if you need that in your life and you need to slow down, you need some relaxation, well, take this uh, big drink of it with you. And, And that's really the comfort, mental and physical comfort of executing tasks that lead to goals that take you to a vision. And if that's what you need, be aware of it and take it with you. But, but Seth, a lot of people need our Happy Meal. And I know you love uh, – actually, do you whistle, Seth? I do whistle. You're a whistler. I do enjoy you, it. Do you whistle alone? Yes. Have you whistled in front of your wife and she goes, will you stop whistling? Has that ever happened? Yeah, sometimes it's subconscious. So, yeah, I just want to make a good you I, I knew you were a whistler. I like to whistle as well. You know, Kentucky, uh, Appalachia, we whittle and whistle. A lot of people know that. I'm, I'm whittling with a knife. And uh, my grandfather used to do that. He would whittle and carve and, and whistle. But sometimes you need to whistle, laugh, and, and, and have our happy meal of pleasure, satisfaction, while you're executing the task, maybe you need to skip a little bit. Maybe you need to add some music to the soundtrack of your own life. And um, maybe you just need to laugh more, you know? There's a lot of fun things that make us laugh. So if you need a big uh, happy meal of enjoyment, uh, well, Seth, you can pass it out the window. So, Seth, let me ask you, this week, what would you like to have more of? What, what, do, you, what do you feel maybe a, an area of growth for your overarching score level would be right now you know my wife and i kind of did a weekend of of clearing out some stuff as we're you know preparing to move in the next few months and so i want to go enjoyment because we're going to go out and get some dinner and hang out tonight because we're both a little bit run down for some extra tasks i'm going enjoyment what about you uh concentration i i've got a lot on my plate i've got a lot of clients uh i have a lot of clients that have challenges that they have some very lofty visions and I'm going to focus on what they want and make sure that when I'm on the phone with them, and I, I do this all the time, but I, I want to make sure, because there is chaos thinking in our world more than ever, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm helping my clients cut through the clutter and focus on what they want as opposed to thinking about what they don't want. 
So in order for me to help them focus, I need to focus. Uh, so that's what I'm, uh, I'm going to add to my plate. A little concentration. Less is more. And of course, there's always one thing we tell you as we send you out to have your best week, your best month, your best quarter, your best year ever in 2018. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. Be in the zone. And don't forget, if you have any questions, you have anything that you would like to talk about, just send me an email, askjim at jimfannon.com. Be in the zone, everybody. This is a Crush Performance Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I've had the honor of working at the highest level of sport and also at the development levels of sport and also all around the globe helping organizations and athletes succeed. And I've seen pressure. I've seen athletes succumb to pressure. I've also been lucky enough to be around some really, really smart people who know how to overcome the anxiety and pressure that's related to performance, not just in sport. This applies to life in general. This goes well outside the arena of sport, but sport is just a great place to maybe learn some of these strategies and skills that can help you succeed in whatever you're trying to do. And so while we sat there and contemplated why these athletes, these climbing athletes were experiencing such a high level of anxiety and such great numbers, we were trying to find answers. And listen, that's what performance is all about. It's about problem solving and decision making, but you only know what you know. When you have a problem that you know you're not fully capable of overcoming, that's where you turn to your performance team. Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.